This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by K-12 Online Education. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Reboot number two. You ready to get this started? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is episode 113. I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching writing. Yes. Wow. Part of our series of the big butts. The big butts. We like homeschooling. homeschooling. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> and we cannot lie. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we're having a great show on writing. So if you don't like this one, go write about it. Write us a 10-page essay <laughs> and tell us why you don't like this episode. Be specific, Fletch. Tell yeah. them yeah. exactly. Write is a, creative writing? Is creative, yeah, creative <laughs> writing. Or you can tweet it to us. All or right. you can write on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have a good show coming up. And in the meantime, we are sweltering. We're not sweltering. I make, I think people in Mississippi, I pick on the Mississippi people a lot. If there are Mississippi okay. listeners, I'm sorry. But I just picture you on the front porch, 100% humidity, like alligators and snakes just crawling around <laughs> your houses, and it's just sweltering hot. It's not that way here. Well, my parents are in New Jersey this weekend because my nephew's getting married there, and my mom has been texting, drippy, wet, humid, yuck. Yeah, so. but you're making it sound like they're just stuck in Jersey. They're in Princeton, well, no, which is yet. a really beautiful they're there for wedding. A wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting. Yeah, they're like in a you know a beautiful mind. If you saw that movie, or just yeah. anything from Harry Potter, is what it looks like. It's <laughs> it beautiful. Does. It is beautiful. But so we left a baseball game last night here, where it's a dry heat. Last night, 10 p.m., 91 degrees. Yeah. So the game started at 7 p.m. It was yeah. 101 degrees. Yeah. And we dropped 10 degrees in the course of the game. And there was no one at the game. Yeah, well, that's why. It was empty and it was hot. (laughs) Yeah. But then this morning at 11 a.m., 91 degrees. 91 degrees. Yeah. yeah. So just that great California heat. I'm not complaining about it. If people are hearing me complain, I'm not. I love the heat. Our kids, we went on an epic hike today, went on a five-mile hike. And if you're a friend of mine on Instagram, uh, at the Mango Times, you'd see pictures of us uh, launching out on this hike. And then uh, we came back, and they were just in the pool from, like, before lunch until mid-afternoon. So great summertime heat. The reality is there's air conditioning everywhere. So people complain about the heat, but in, like, what did you say last night? Unless you're a roofer. Yeah, unless you're, like, tarring a roof. There's yeah. really no reason to complain because you go from air conditioning to air conditioning to air conditioning. Yeah. Um, so homeschool parents, um, we have a beef. And you know what our beef is? Push pins. Push pins, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know what it's like at everybody else's house, but aside from socks and Tupperware lids and all the normal things that go missing, I cannot keep push pins. I don't understand this. Yeah, and I don't get it. I really don't get this because I keep my push pins. So right. apparently the kids well, only steal yours. Literally, I will put something on the whiteboard. We have a whiteboard slash cork board at the top of our stairs, and I'll put some great, you know, fun picture, poster, whatever. 
It's on the floor within an hour, and the pushpin is missing. I have no okay, idea. Okay, so what they're not they're stealing the pushpins out of your drawer. They're stealing no. them from wherever you pushpin things yes. around the house. Okay, and well, I don't, that makes I don't sense. understand this. You know how many pushpins I've purchased over the last no. nineteen years of homeschooling? No. So when I was at Target today looking for something that they didn't have, I bought myself some pushpins. Like four boxes of pushpins, people. <laughs> That's our current beef. No, no, no. Those were binder rings. All right, so let's move on. The fluff. I bought one box of pushpins. We have had we have a great show. We had a we had a good one last week on I like I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching science. Yes. So we're following up with writing with Kim Kautzer, but before we get there. Let's uh, take a quick break and talk about our sponsor. We have a brand new sponsor to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, and we'd love to talk about them. Hey, Kendra, I am excited about this new sponsor. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. Uh, So to prepare them for college and success beyond high school, K-12 believes kids deserve an education designed for them. If you want to learn more about enrolling, head on over to k12.com slash listen. But a kid's brilliance comes in many forms. You know, some are curious, others are inventive, others are analytical, Yeah, K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school, Fletch. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to excellent colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter. So I like homeschooling, but I hate teaching writing. Is this a thing? Okay, well, I don't, I didn't think so because this is a strength for me or it's something that I don't find difficult. Like I can read a child's essay or paragraph or sentence and it's very obvious to me the things that need to be worked on, right? So spliced sentences, whatever the issues are, that's my thing. Um, so your thing grammatically all the way around. Okay. And you style syntax, taking ideas and putting them down, Sure, developing ideas and, but I can't spot the error in the algebraic, you know, problem either. So, I mean, you know, we all have our strengths. And so when something is your strength, it's sometimes hard for you to understand that it's, that somebody else might struggle with it. And it it did take me a couple of years to realize that I have friends who just, Oh, the idea of teaching their kids writing was, was very daunting because they do not themselves feel like they're strong writers. So So then how do you, that's my question. Is this, are these mostly people who don't feel they write well? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, as our, our interviewee will point out later, sometimes it's just a parent who they've, feel like they can write well themselves, but they don't know how to communicate that process to a student. Yeah. So, um, I, like you, I find that this is something I feel I can get my mind, my ideas from my mind down to the paper Yeah. and logically. 
and almost to a fault that mm-hmm. I have to re-edit over and over and over again. Do you edit I... texts, text messages? Not so much. <laughs> I know you do, but that's kind of your thing, right? Your it, it will make me twitch if I sent something that's grammatically incorrect. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> Because I don't mind. I use a lot of Bitmoji. That's really how I communicate well, anyway is Bitmoji. Yeah, me too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you have to look up Bitmoji. I have a perfect one. They, they just changed mine. Oh. He wears little shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, that is perfect yeah, for you. Yeah, he's a perfect yes. little chubby Bitmoji guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's awesome. Um, but no, I, I, I think I can get my ideas out of my head, down to the paper, organized, uh, whether it's technical writing or even just a story or you know, a blog post. Yeah. I don't think that's easy for everyone. Yeah. And that's why I think this is shocking to me that we have to do this topic. Um, that there is a, you know, that there are homeschooling, um, companies that cater to help you teach writing. Like really? Well, this doesn't come natural to people. So it's a natural thing for you. So again, it just sticks out, but I'm glad we're doing it. I think it's a great topic. So why don't we head on over to the studio where we jumped on the phone with Kim Koutzer. So we have with us one of our very favorite people, Fletch. Kim Koutzer is one of those uh, women I like to hang out with at homeschool conventions. Yeah, and I even got to see her in Indiana. It was awesome. I know. We Yeah, we were like catty corner at yeah. our booths. Yeah, super fun. So Kim, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys. You know, we uh, have done a little mini series called I Love Homeschooling, But, and so we've done I Love Homeschooling, But I Hate Teaching Math. I love homeschooling, but I hate being with my children. <laughs> right. That was is, one. Yep. That's a very interesting topic. <laughs> and we did do, uh, I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching science. And so I said, you know, um, for a lot of homeschoolers, teaching writing is the insurmountable obstacle. Um, and the very first person we thought of was you to talk about this ah, subject. So tell us a little bit about where you are in the world and what you are up to. Well, I am in a town in California called Rancho Cucamonga, and that is where I spend most of my days uh, at the computer working on write shop stuff. Right now we're um, developing our our final level, book F, our write shop junior, and um, yeah, so I just hang out here with my husband, and he's retired, so now we garden, and we travel, and we have kids all over the country and the world. So, yeah, I'm a busy grandma. Wait, wait just a second. Oh, Does, yep. Do you realize Rancho Cucamonga sounds like a totally fake town? <laughs> I know it does. That, that sounds it like does. the kind of town that California would make up. Yeah. You know? it, it, yes, but Jack Benny made it, made it famous. But if you don't remember Jack Benny, you wouldn't know Cucamonga. That's awesome. true. Well, that's right. I, that's, I know that. I'm just thinking, I think it just, I think I told you this in Indiana. It sounded like yep. one of those towns that uh, Bugs Bunny always talked about, like a made-up Bugs Bunny town. So awesome. Well, and see, you were thinking about that, and I was thinking, as I'm still homeschooling kids 19 years in, that there's life after homeschooling. Kim is talking about, like, she and her husband have a life Wow, that sounds after homeschooling. so, so good. Well, it is. It is nice to have a life, um, even though um, I didn't work until I... I mean, outside outside of the home or homeschooling until we started our right shop business. So I actually spend more time working than I would probably like to, but we do get to travel and visit our kids and enjoy. Yeah, retirement. that's great. But yes, there is life for you. There is. There's hope. Yay. You'll be, 
And our listeners are going to want to know that. So <laughs> thanks for giving us hope. When you're done. Full disclosure here, we use Right Shop in our homeschool. We love Right Shop in our homeschool, um, but I'm not a representative of Right Shop. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there for our listeners because I know, you know, it's helpful to know what other people use and what they like. And I love Right Shop, Kim, and you are the Right Shop lady. Yes, I am. I'm so, so glad you are enjoying it. Yeah, well, it's been great. Um, so to this topic of moms primarily, because that's who is primarily homeschooling, who don't feel like they're capable of teaching writing, what is, what is something you say to that mom who comes to your booth and says, I don't know the first thing about teaching writing to my kids? This is a question that we get a lot. Um, it's a concern that, that parents have because they either feel like they have never been taught to write, so they don't feel real confident, or they know how to write, but they don't have a clue how to teach their kids what comes naturally to them. Um, or they just feel like it's such an, a subjective area, unlike math, which is so black and white. They, don't, they, they really struggle with editing and grading. And so I just like to encourage them to take things in bite-sized portions. It, you don't, you've heard that expression, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. It's the same thing with, with teaching writing. You don't go from blank paper to final draft in one step. There's a process. And once parents learn what the process is and what they can do along the way to coach their kids, they don't have to know it all because their kids can improve with even a few simple little tricks. So um, along the way, I'm, I'm thinking this is one thing that parents like to ship off. Like, oh, that Kendra Fletcher, she's a great writer. I'm just going to send my kids over to there. But you're saying that just about any mom out there can teach their kids to write. I think so. If you have the tools that um, will equip you as a parent and you also have... Um, some tools to equip your kids, the two of you together can make it happen. Um, when I talk about tools for, for kids, um, one of the things that you want to make sure that you're doing is incorporating things that are going to be um, instructive, but not necessarily adding more writing. One of the, the reasons that writing is so hard for kids is um, it just feels overwhelming. They feel like they don't have ideas. They can't get the ideas from their head onto paper. Some kids struggle with the physical act of putting pencil on paper and getting the words out. And by the time the, the idea trickles from their head down their arm to the paper, it's dissipated. They've lost the thought. They're in tears. They don't know how to spell the word. The grammar's getting in the way. So it's really a very legitimate issue when kids say they don't know what to write about or they sit and stare at the blank page. So one of the first things that I tell parents is you've got to make this easy for your kids by breaking it up into little bits. You don't just throw your kids in the ocean and tell them to swim for shore. They don't know which direction to go. They don't know how far it is. So you need to give them boundaries and parameters, give them limits to the composition. Don't just give them a blank piece of paper and tell them to write about dogs because 
they they need to know is this supposed to be a story is it a report is it supposed to be one page long so if you help them to know okay i i want you to write a paragraph five to seven sentences and i want you to write a description of a dog that's so much more concrete than just giving them a topic or telling them write about whatever you want which is like the death knell for yeah, the kid right now i this could go for either you or kendra um when should we be starting this? Um, I'm a homeschool dad. I work all day and I come home and I see my kids and I kiss my wife. That's, that's the <laughs> gist of my day-to-day homeschooling. So when are we starting uh, to teach kids how to write? Is it as soon as they can pick up a pencil? Um, some parents confuse writing as in composition with writing as in penmanship. Okay. And so you do want to teach both, but you want to separate them. Some kids are loaded with ideas. They can talk your ear off, but they are immature in their um, small motor skills. So for these kids, whether they are in kindergarten or whether like my son, who was super reluctant and really delayed in his um, academic skills, you let them dictate to you. It's not handicapping them. It's not holding them back. What you are doing um, when you let your kids dictate is you're letting them get the ideas formulated in their heads and you can prompt them with questions and then they can give you their thoughts and you can do the writing for them. And when you're doing that, you're modeling the thinking process. You're helping them by asking questions and prompting them. You're helping them to recognize that, um, this is how I think about coming up with ideas. This is how I think about expressing my thoughts. And mom can write them down so I don't have to be worried about that part. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Because now you have the mom who thinks, I can't do this, or my kid can't do this just because technically, you know, they just don't have the skills. Uh, but you've really provided a way out. That's, I think, the golden part of this interview. I like to find oh, the golden part. I think that's the one where... There's homeschool moms and dads out there listening to this podcast saying, that's me, and we just really gave them um, just gave them a break there. Were you going to say something, Ken? Well, I was going to say, because I know Kim and I know of her kids, what I love about that story, Kim, is I know what your son is doing now. I know where he is. And I, I think you should tell us. There's that reluctant, slow starter. What, where did he end up? Yes, my reluctant, slow starter who dropped pencils all day long and and dictated to me through um, most most of his elementary years and into junior high and early high school um, started college he did fine in his in his last two years of high school everything sort of came together for him and now at 30 he um, last year he got a PhD in theology and simultaneously graduated from seminary and is now a pastor. <laughs> That's so, so that, great. Because yeah. can't you remember being that that homeschooling mom, you know, and, and you're sitting there and this child is losing a pencil, can't, can never find the pencil, right? And <laughs> dictating oh, to you. Was, and It was terrible. I mean, he would just hang on me and he, he needed me at his hip. So even when he was in junior high, where my girls were self-motivated and they could, I could give them an assignment and they'd go off and they'd just do it. I would have to be not even in the same room. I would have to be next to him <laughs> while he worked 
And if I were to say, okay, so we've been talking about all these great adjectives that you could use to describe this object. Which one do you want to choose? And he said, which one is shortest to spell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds like a hearty homeschooled boy. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> uh, we need to take a break right here, and then we'll come right back and uh, continue this conversation, kind of hearing a little bit more about the tools that Kim could offer to our listeners. So let's take a break. Hey, Fletch, have you moved beyond the Maui coffee from Caroline's Coffee? Or are we still there? Uh, you know what? I finally moved beyond that bag. We, we had a bunch of uh, kids drinking. You know, the weather's hot. And I stay. I'm, I'm always up for hot coffee, even in hot weather. But I just got a bag from the Fikes. Remember Trace and Holly Fike over at Caroline's Coffee of Vida Alta Peru. And you know what that means, right? Vida Alta? Oh, yeah. The high, high life. life. Yes. <laughs> and that is really what you're getting. Uh, this is what Holly Fike has to say. Uh, the taste in this cup is sweet and milk chocolatey. Mm. It's a, a light roasted coffee, a delicious way to start your day. And they invite you to come down to Caroline's Coffee in Grass Valley, California, to not only drink a nice cup of Vida Alta Peru, but to also check in because they are a Pokemon gym. Really? Yeah, so there, there, there's your uh, cultural reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either, but I'm sure our kids do. Um, but again, Caroline's Coffee, we want to thank them for being a sponsor of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, for supplying our coffee. Now, you need to head on over there uh, using our code, H-I-R-L, carolinescoffee.com. You'll get 10% off your order. If you have any questions as to what to order, just talk to me. You can email me or you can go to our site first. It's homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee. And thank you for sponsoring them. Christian, put yours on. Do it. Hi, this is Mighty Joe. I love home storing in real life. And mommy is the best. We're back from our break, and we are here with Kim Kautzer talking about teaching writing, and specifically, Fletch, you know, the I love homeschooling, but right, I so need to teach did, writing. Does mom. Kim know this is our Big Butt series? Our bi- <laughs> we, like, we, we like to play I like big butts in the background, but we don't. We haven't done that yet, just because we are dwindling down our listening audience. <laughs> That's right. And We're uh, down to about two people. Yeah. <laughs> your mom and mine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, specifically in this series, I like to butt... I like homeschooling, but this is a problem. Yeah. So to that mom who's who's still listening and saying, that sounds great, please just give me the first step. What is that first step or what is that first tool? Um, for some moms, the first tool is going to be finding a curriculum that is going to be supportive to them. It doesn't have to be right shop, but it needs to be something that's going to break the writing into steps so that the kids will have pre-writing they will learn about brainstorming. Brainstorming releases the logjam of ideas and words and phrases that are in their head. It helps them get their ideas out on paper. And you can't skip that part, especially with um, when you're first teaching writing. They really need to think about what they want to write. Um, you need to set parameters for the assignment, like I talked about earlier, specifying the kind of writing. Is it going to be a personal narrative is going to be for an older kid, a persuasive essay. Is it going to be a story? Is it going to be a poem? Um, it really helps to give students choice of topic within a particular genre. Like um, if they are, um, if you're giving them a descriptive assignment and they're describing, let's say, a person, 
instead of saying you're going to describe your younger brother, let them choose a person to describe. They're going to describe an object and you tell them to describe a pencil. That may be the most boring thing in the world. But if they're really interested in baseball and they have this fabulous signed baseball that they, um, you know, treasure, then they would be much more interested in dis in describing that. Um, so those are a couple things. Um, making sure that um, with younger kids or even with teens, if you start with personal experiences or familiar stories, um, instead of having them come up with ideas out of their heads, they can retell a fable or a story or folk tale or um, a narrative that happened to them, a personal experience. Um, they can work from photos and use photos as prompts to get them started. Um, yeah, those are just some of the things. Well, let me let me jump in here with another one. This and this, I want to know if this is a myth or not. Um, I was an English major in college, and at the university that I went to, you you didn't have to focus on one aspect of English. So you could study literature, you could study technical and creative writing, you could mm -hmm. study film and arts as part of your English major. So I just took the whole gamut, um, and I wouldn't say that grammar was my specialty. And matter of fact, it was probably what hindered me the most as far as writing went. It just took me forever to get concepts down because I always wanted to make sure I was saying it correctly. Um, but does this myth hold true that great readers are great writers? I would say it increases your chances substantial if you're a good reader um, to be a, a better writer or stronger writer because you just become more aware of the cadence of prose and the, the spelling of words of the appearance of words, the way um, a good sentence is constructed. And those things start to become more intuitive because if you read a lot, you're ingesting this and it's, you know, garbage in, garbage out. If you're taking good stuff in and good stuff will come out, but it doesn't always translate to good writing. You still have to have instruction. Um, writing is not intuitive to most kids. And they do need to be taught. Um, grammar is a whole other ball of wax, um, <laughs> but something still that needs to be taught. And um, we like to teach grammar in the context of writing. In other words, if you're you want um, kids to learn participles, then you work with participles, but then start introducing them in their sentences so that they can use them in their writing and begin to become familiar what a participle looks like in that's, their writing. That's how I should have learned. I'm telling you right there. That's how I should have learned. <laughs> but, you know, and also we need to teach our kids to write in more than 140 characters. Is that also like a key <laughs> fact of this whole podcast <laughs> that uh, just because you can tweet something that doesn't qualify as writing? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> just learning to, um, to write correctly. Um, on, on our blog, we have a lot of um, different articles on um, college prep. We have articles on grammar. But um, they kind of say the same thing that whether you mean to or not, or whether you expect it to be fair or not, you are judged based mm. on your writing. Absolutely. And if your writing is filled with grammatical errors and spelling errors and um, punctuation mistakes, even though the content is, is excellent, 
you can be perceived as um, as not being as smart or as um, educated, and it can be um, a black mark against you when you are applying for a job or trying to get into a college and you're writing a you know a college application essay. Any of those um, situations where you are you know, you're in an SAT exam and you're, you don't have time to do a lot of correcting. It really needs to be upfront, your good grammar skills and writing skills. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's, I can tell you as an employer, it drives me ape. Yeah, that, that in fact drives me ape when people can't uh, articulate, even articulating yeah. in, verbally. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it just drives me ape. So, Kim, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about Right Shop so that you don't feel like you have to... <laughs> But we really do love it here, um, partly because I feel like it is one of those grab-and-go curriculum. You know, like I, as a mom, I don't have to spend lots of time in prep. I don't have to really think through it all. I don't, and now I will say writing is um, definitely one of those things that I feel more confident about. But this is a curriculum, moms, that you can, you know, grab the whole package have the printables ready to go, the student uh, printables. What do you call that book, Kim? Because I'm not the, saying um, it right. Well, no, it's the activity. Um, yes. Activity pack. Yes. So the activity yep. pack has those things on cardstock ready to go. They're making, you were talking about grammar. I was thinking about those great little um, folder books they make with all of the grammar and punctuation and all of those things, you know, that they need to learn as tools of writing. Um, and my daughter still has them and still, still goes back and looks at them and uses them as her reference. Um, so I, I just think it's a solid curriculum that is that step-by-step, you know, that whole thing you're talking about brainstorming, that was a huge part of write shop for my, um, she's now an eighth grader, but she has been using that curriculum since probably third grade. Um, and that brainstorming, you can just see all the little wheels turning in her head, you know, and she, her eyes kind of light up and she looks at me and then starts to race down, you know, writing down all these little things. And so she's been taught well, those tools of how to get the things in her head out onto paper and then how to construct all of those, um, just different forms of writing. So uh, we are, we're huge write shop fans. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to hear it. Now, how do our listeners connect with you? If they listen to this and they say, okay, I'm ready. I'm not scared anymore. I'm ready to start writing and teaching my kids to write. Um, how, what's the best way they can connect with you or learn more about Write Shop? Well, the best way would be to go to our website, and that's writeshop.com. And um, in our menu at the top, if they go to About and What is Write Shop, that's going to be the very first place that they can go to get a lot more information. And from that page, they will be able to springboard off to the ages that they want to look at. They can go to our FAQs. They can find placement charts for their children. They can always contact us through our contact form on the website if they need specific help with knowing where to place a child. Um, We have a Facebook group, um, facebook.com slash groups slash write shop. And that's a great place for Write Shop users to connect um, or for people who are thinking about it who want to come and ask questions of other moms. Um, so those are a couple of good places they can start. All right. We'll put those in the show notes. But we want to thank you, Kim, for taking the, uh, the fear 
or the I was going to say the big butt out of the the fear <laughs> in uh, in writing in teaching writing to our kids. Uh, we love having folks on this podcast that are encouragers, and you are that. So thank you so much for being on Homeschooling in Real Life. My pleasure. Well, we hope you liked that interview with uh, Kim Kautzer. We sure love her, and we love Right Shop. I mean, if you couldn't tell from the interview, that's a, <laughs> one of our faves. Yeah. And we do want to talk about things we love, and that's one of the things that we love. So uh, head on over there and check it out. We'll put it in the show notes for you as well. Now, when it comes to writing, we'd love for you to write to us. And you could write to us by email, info at homeschoolingirl.com. You could tweet to us, less than 140 characters. That's at homeschoolirl. Facebook gives you a little more room. It's facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. And uh, if you would like to follow into each of us individually, you can get me. I'm at the Mango Times, and that's at uh, Twitter and Instagram. And Kendra is? Kendra E. Fletcher. So uh, feel free to let us know kind of who you are or connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear more about you. Um, we have some letters. We have one letter. It's an iTunes review that came in. Now, I can't tell you who this one is from, Kendra, Okay. because it's from C-H-K-J-D-A-F-O-I-U. It looks like <laughs> what? Chekjadaifuou. Maybe it's every letter in their oh, families. Oh, probably something like that. But they, here's what they, they titled this review, Best Homeschooling Podcast. Hmm. I love that they deal with real problems that homeschoolers face and not sugarcoat homeschooling. As always, wonderful all the time. Starting my 12-year-old oh, yeah. as a homeschooler, I just want someone to encourage me with real-life problems and solutions. Well, um, multiple-letter person that wrote this review, I want to let you know that you chose the right homeschooling podcast because we will tell you what's real, and we will not sugarcoat it always. You know, Fletch, I don't think we do each other any good when we pretend everything is shiny and bright, so I'm glad that that listener found us. Yeah, so if you uh, have a review that you'd like to leave for us, head on over to iTunes. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. There's a link on your phone or your smart smartphone you just have to push the screen and follow the link you can head over to itunes and leave us a review we love to hear what you have to say Uh, it's a chance for you to tell us hey this is what you're doing right or this is what you're doing wrong and there's a chance to leave one to five stars of a review so please head on over and do that for us it's a great way to support our show speaking of supporting our show um, they can head over to patreon patreon.com slash homeschooling irl where you can financially help support this show. We love our Patreon listeners. We love to make uh, private videos for them. We love to reach out to them individually. Uh, And that's one of the benefits of being a Patreon supporter over at patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. We also want to say a special thank you to our sponsor of this episode, K12. Yeah, they have been a great sponsor and jumped right on board with us. So thanks again. You know, you can um, help support this podcast by going over and checking out K12. There's a link in our show notes. Um, click right on through. And just by clicking through, just by clicking through, if you didn't do another thing, just by clicking through, it shows that you heard our podcast and you went over to check them out. And at the very, very minimum, could you do that for us? We would appreciate it. As always, Fletch, we like to tell our listeners what's coming up next, but we are still in summer mode and we've got a list on the whiteboard. We will be doing something great. Yes. So (laughs) tune back in next Monday. Thanks so much. This is Kim Kautzer. You have been listening to the Homeschool in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them wherever you download your podcast. Thank you.